You know, I feel kind of bad for anyone who couldn't get up here to hit the slopes today. Uh, maybe they should have gotten a Toyota. Why's that? Well, not only does my Tacoma handle great in the snow, but now, when you buy or lease any new Tacoma or 4Runner, you get two passes for the 2019-2020 Mountain High Winter Season. No restrictions. Man, good call on that Toyota. Must take delivery from new car dealer stock by midnight 2320. CMTHigh.com Toyota for details. Your Southern California Toyota dealers make it easy. Toyota, let's go places. Wait, the comments come through with what, Facebook? Yeah. Okay. Hello and welcome to another chilling, <laughs> chilling, uh, another hour of the 24-hour uh, podcast. I am, this is hour five. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California. Watch, you about to hear an echo. Chilling. <laughs> chilling. Sorry about that. That's the only way I know how to do this. Um, so, uh. I am um, so happy to be here, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jen. How you doing, Jen? I'm doing pretty awesome. It's uh, quite a bit earlier for me than it is for you guys, so everything's good. Yeah, I know, man. I want to live in the past. Hey, I am not living in the past. I am living comfortably... yeah, I guess I'm living in the past. Okay, fine. But wait a minute. What time is it where you are? It is 11.07 p.m. on hey, the, first, the 18th of January. Oh, wait, where do you live? What state? <laughs> in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Oh, never mind. Okay, that makes sense. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in New York. I'm like, what the hell is she talking about? She, <laughs> lives, she, lives, in, uh, she lives on Lost Island. With the smoke bombs. Yes, I live on Lost Island. That's exactly. Literally, right. she does. Um, okay, so to, tonight uh, um, we're also joined by Lauren. How you doing? Hey, what's up? And uh, Joshua. Hi. You know, when you say Joshua, it sounds like you know you sound like you know innocent choir boy. You know, Joshua. Because I am. It's all true. But it's funny though if you you know, and it's biblical, right, Joshua? It is. But if you say, like, Malachi, it sounds evil and, you know, take him to the cornfield, you know? Yeah, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, that was the that was the name of the anti-Undertaker. Uh, dressed all in white, almost looked albino. Right, right. So, that's funny how some biblical names are, you know... Angelic and other names are like if you name your kid um, if you name your kid uh Pontius, that's probably not a good look. Listen, well, you cannot fool you, yeah, you can't fool me. Pilot. One of my kids' name is Joshua and he was the Hellion. Ah. So no I'm not having any. He was like Damien, huh? Uh yeah, Damien on steroids. Uh-huh. Hey, what's up, Leah and Maya, and still rocking with us? Uh, also, I feel like it's the unassuming names that tend to be the worst because you think they're going to be so calm and gentle and sweet, and that just never seems to work. I say that you name your kid some fiery, crazy name and just get it out of the way. It's ten a.m. in Denmark. Ooh. Something rotten in Denmark, by the way. Okay. So today, we're, uh, on this uh, hour, we're talking about movies that are coming in 2020. And 
before we do that, I seen two movies recently in the last two days. I saw Bad Boys Three. And has anyone seen it? No. Look, it's really, I have not seen it yet. It's really, it's really freaking good. Yeah, I know I'm going to see it. Um probably is the well, we had a snowstorm thingish right now, so I might see it Monday. It's funny as hell. Because I know they just announced, I looked at the, um, before I got on this, I looked at, they were already planning four. So I was like, if they're planning four, this must have did really well. Yeah, it, it was funny. And Martin Lawrence was hilarious in this movie. Had me crying, man. It's funny, 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 funny. Uh, it started out a little rocky, but then it, it, it really picks up. And it really, it's it's good. It's very entertaining. I mean, is it highbrow entertainment? No. But it's, you know, it gives you what you want, right? So You want lowbrow entertainment and you got time for thinking intellectually about jokes or situations, really. Right. You know, unless, unless I'm listening to Joshua do, do his jokes. <clears throat> I can't right. listen to you say that without thinking of Russell Crowe in Gladiator. Asking me if I'm not entertained. You know what? I like Russell Crowe in Gladiator. Um, hey, that's about all that I like him in. Hey, Beautiful oh, Mind, sh- uh, uh, no, Master no, Commander. I knew I opened a can of worms. I'm um, the Insider. Back up. Uh, I-, I did like him in L.A. Confidential. L.A. Confidential, great freaking movie. But we're talking about movies of 2020. Yeah, but, I know, I know, I know. But, no, it's my fault. But I just saw the movie Marriage Story. Have y'all seen that? Yes. Nope, not yet. Great fucking movie, man. I Wait, know. you went and saw The Marriage Story? No, on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Oh, so, oh yeah, you know, so it is, I don't watch that shit. But no, Where did you think great. I saw that scene? And then I was like, people like gushing about that scene. I'm like, what? It, man... That's a good movie, man. Kylo Ren really did a great job. Kylo Ren. <laughs> he did. You know what? I, I, I might be low-key becoming a nerd. Because he fucked up his his knee on a biking accident. Has remorse and all that shit. Because I saw that talk and the whole thing I went through. I'm low-key becoming a nerd. Let me tell you why. Why? Through the whole movie. It's like a serious, dramatic movie, right? Yeah. And through the whole mm-hmm. movie, I'm like... It's Kylo Ren and Black Widow. <laughs> like, okay. Like okay. It, through my that heart, tracks. Right. I'm like, I couldn't stop thinking of Kylo Ren and Black Widow. And then I started thinking, if Kylo Ren fought that Black Widow, like, how would that go down? Like, I think... handle him a hell of a lot better than this Ray shit that happened, to tell you the truth. <laughs> The, the, the hell you do because like uh-huh. in all essence the character of um Kylo Ren or Ben Solo is like he is something's mentally wrong with him. That is he loses pretty to, obvious. And he loses the girls. But yeah, but is he, he's a a spoiled, rich, privileged brat who thought that everything of the Skywalker whatever the shit was, he was supposed to get automatically. He literally is a prince. Right, and you know, in a in a title because Princess Leia that does go down to him, it is passed on to him. Um, like he's a he just thinks that shit should be 
that it it's already his. So therefore, you should acknowledge like a lot of that. So, but I think there's always there's also something um, mentally wrong with him anyway. So, but I think she would probably be able to if they were ever in the same universe, she would probably be able to handle him a hell of a lot better mm-hmm. um, than whatever this gray shit happened. To tell you the truth, and I gotta, um, I gotta call out Funny or Die because it's like Funny or Die. Yeah, it's like it's you had you. Come on, man! Y'all missed the opportunity. They both were working on that movie. They could have shot a little uh, jokey joke, you know, uh, Kylo versus Black Widow. That'd have been oh, that hell yeah! That'd be hilarious, man. And it'd be like, come on now, who wouldn't click that? See, they they be messing oh. up in Hollywood. They mess up in Hollywood. But anyway, I digress. Wonderful opportunities. I digress. So let's talk about some of these movies that's coming out. Um, are y'all familiar with this movie called uh, The Invisible Man? Yes. I read the little thing. I have no clue what the fuck this shit's about. I just know the original Invisible Man, like black and white shit, to whatever it was that happened in the late in the early two thousands mm-hmm. uh, version shit, and that's about in the book Invisible Man. That's about it. Well, this one stars Elizabeth Moss, and okay. it's it's a different take on a on Invisible Man. It's it, it, really different. Very different. Like, someone explain it to me. Okay, so it's basically she is getting abused by her boyfriend or fiance. I can't remember if it was boyfriend or fiance. And he dies, but he mm-hmm. leaves her five million dollars if she is if she as long as she's sane. And then she starts being haunted by him. And he's like invisible or something to that mm-hmm. effect. But people think she's going crazy. And so it's a fucking ghost story? Yeah, it's like a ghost story. And But it looks really good, though. It's like, I want to show the trailer. Yeah. I want to show the trailer, but I don't want it to get taken down. So that's it, why I'm it, not sure. It's sort of it. the ultimate in gaslighting. It's it, like, it's... Uh, you know what, man? Keep talking. I'm looking. It, 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 it's the kind of story that's like... Um, it's what's a good word for this there there are so many stories out there that sort of miss the point of uh of what it is like to interact with a quote-unquote monster and i think i don't know if the invisible man is the right story for them to tell this but it's an interesting idea that interacting with a monster he's really a monster i mean there's no doubt about it you know what he's awful i'm gonna show it all right, so I'm trying to have no context. Yeah. As the attorney representing Adrian's trust, I'm required to read a prepared statement. Cecilia, although our relationship was far from perfect, I thought that you would talk to me rather than run away. Are you okay? What happened to him? He cut his wrists. Per his final wishes, you're getting $5 million. Contingent, of course, on the fine print. It can't be ruled to be mentally incompetent. It just doesn't make any sense. What? Adrian wouldn't kill himself. Listen, you're getting your freedom back, okay? Don't let him haunt you. Hello? Scared. You don't have to be scared of him anymore. 
He was a sociopath, completely in control of everything. He said that wherever I went, he would find me, walk right up to me, and I wouldn't be able to see him. Are you okay? Someone sitting in that chair. I found something that can prove what I'm experiencing. You need help. Adrian is dead. I went to his house today. He's not dead. I have a pile of ashes in the box that would disagree with you. He has figured out a way to be invisible. The only thing more brilliant than inventing something that makes you invisible is coming up with the perfect way to torture you, even in death. Adrian's true genius was how he got in people's heads. Don't come any closer. Hey! I'm not crazy. You're saying the person trying to kill you is in the room right now, but we can't see him? He's listening. Where are you? Where are you? Show yourself! Come on! Do it! There you are. So, what do you guys think? Well, that's a hell of a way to torture someone. I mean, I'm wondering because this looks like it's a ghost story, or it's taking a very much a sci-fi. It's a sci-fi bent. Maybe the backstory of how this is resolved is that he he did find a way to make himself invisible. You know, invisible. Whether it's from through some scientific thing or through some occult shit, they can go either way at the end and that's how he does it mm-hmm. sort of thing because it's like a really advanced poltergeist kind of shit going on <laughs> unless there's a the scientific part of it bringing brought brought back but it's um it's interesting because it's like a choice i guess a lot of people would um make in terms of how this is set up like you know he's abusive obviously that fool is crazy and then he supposedly slits his wrists and then here here's his lawyer or the executive was to say, he says, hey, if you sign this and you can prove that you're not, you know, a whack job, you, he's going to leave you. You get this $5 million. And that's someone who's been in such a, an abusive relationship for, I'm assuming they were married and it's a long period of time, is willing to sign that. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. And they kind of play with that. I, yeah. I, I straight up have a problem with this. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I'm all for... Uh, I'm all for sort of the, the the social justice of it all. I'm all for you know the timely telling of stalkers and stuff like that. I am not for convoluting the story of the Invisible Man to turn it into the Lifetime movie of the week. I was stalked by some crazy <laughs> evil genius. It really it 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 begs to sort of be explored that this is a a kind of exploitation that I don't think the Invisible Man story needs. The Mm. Invisible Man story is terrifying all by itself and I don't quite understand why they felt the need to turn it into something that is (laughs) I mean it's not very cinematic I don't know about you but I didn't even like that trailer Um, but secondly the story itself feels incredibly lacking like Okay, I get, you know, the, the, the personal relationship 
between the monster and whoever the person is that the monster has uh, a close relationship with. That needs to be explored. But what we're seeing here is something so far out of the bounds of the story that it just almost doesn't make sense. I mean, it's kind of like making Frankenstein uh, the Lestat rock star and, you know, Mm -hmm. saying, well, he was just accepted because, hey, that's what it's like in this day and age. And it's like, well, you've taken everything away from the story that made it awesome and turned it into let's have some social justice. I just, I'm personally, I just don't like it. Well, it's not even the invisible man story. Like it's like in my mind of a lot of things you wind up, I take things as they are for what it looks like. And then you can go back and make the connections because right. in terms of this man story, this shit ain't it. Cause the visible man story was very much, it was scary and psychological depending on how you play with it. This one is like, we're just using the concept of someone being invisible through some means, whether it's scientific or supernatural, because that's what they don't tell you. Um, and we're going to use that concept, but it's really a movie about someone, someone in a very abusive relationship with some sicko. Right. That's right. what and the story is. <laughs> and, and it's also not, you know, the invisible man is not supposed to be the story of another protagonist. The right. story of the invisible man is supposed to be the story of the struggle of the invisible man. Whether he's a jerk or not, okay, fine, he can be a jerk. I mean, there's plenty that where he really has been a jerk and kind of used the power of being invisible to do quite a few things. But that, but that isn't the point. The point is it should really be all about the invisible man, not no, about no. another protagonist, because then you just completely convolute the story. So, yeah, I got, yeah, I got some problems. That's you're it. right, because with the... the I guess the beauty of the Invisible Man was the internal conflict and struggle of someone who acquires this power, you know, accidentally, depending on what what version you're looking, movie or books, accidentally or intentionally, whatever, and their internal struggle of how they kind of exist and what they choose to do and what's kind of the ramifications for them mentally. Exactly. That's what made the story beautiful. But this... this is not what's happening he can still be a jerk i mean i I think the invisible man by and large generally kind of is written to be a jerk and that's totally fine but they but they reframed the story and gave us a separate protagonist to root for so rather than see the struggle of the invisible man whether he's a jerk or not we're now seeing it through the eyes of uh somebody else and it just feels like I mean, I, I've seen this a lot lately, and I, I do understand that, you know, every time we generationally shift, we sort of have to retell our monster stories so that they make sense to the generations that are seeing it. But in this case, we haven't even taken the core of what the Invisible Man is about and turned it into something that is kind of like a cautionary or a timely tale. We basically just made him your everyday joe stalker from you except you can't see him and i mean it's it's just i don't know it bothers me for some reason because it's not to me this is this is not a monster movie this is just a guy who used some powers to be an absolute trash heap of a person Mm. well you know a good movie is memoirs of an invisible man it was a good movie yeah yeah it was a good one all right so our, our next film uh, Josh, you'll get the first crack at this one, okay? Cool, cool, cool. All right. You've probably seen this trailer, but you know what? So what? Uh-oh, what the hell? Yeah. Why is it doing that? Oh, this dog, man. 
We all believe we've run into the burning building. But until we feel that heat, we can never know. You do. You chose to die instead of giving up your colleagues. That test you passed? Not everybody does. Welcome to the afterlife. To do what I do, I need some idea of the threat we face. As I understand it, we're trying to prevent World War III. Nuclear holocaust? No. Something worse. All I have for you is a word. Tell it. It'll open the right doors. Some of the wrong ones, too. Start looking at the world in a new way. Don't try to understand it. Feel it. It'll happen here. Hasn't happened yet. Josh, what you think? Okay, first of all, let me say this is this this trailer is everything the Indivisible Man wasn't. Okay, <laughs> it left you with more questions than answers. I mean, the first time I saw it, I was like, "Is this just like a bigger version of Six Underground or whatever that Ryan Reynolds movie was?" You know, where it's like, <laughs> "Welcome to the Afterlife." And then as it rolls on, it, you know. You, got a few cheesy lines in there and you're like okay okay and then you get that that car crash and you're like wait it grabs your attention and from that point on you don't know what's going on and that just makes me want to see it even more because i can't figure out what what the movie is other than Okay, it's like a time manipulation, which I love, by the way, um, action thing. And on my on my list of most anticipated movies, this is pretty much right there at the top. Mm. Oh, after the Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Yes, after the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> okay. That's important. All right, what about you, Lauren? What do you think? Well, of course, I read the premise. Um, so, uh, this trailer has does something that a lot of trailers are not doing because a lot of trailers are revealing almost the damn near the entire goddamn movie and what they're, it, or or and then they cut and whatever, and kind of do a lot of misdirections while giving you most of the movie. Um, this trailer doesn't give you much of anything other than. Um, then you see the car, the reverse car crash situation happen when the car is crashed, and then 
it's like you're driving by, but it's been reversing itself to whatever the original state was. And you're like, oh shit, what's you know, what's going on with you know this sort of thing? And then the guy, they're walking through that scene, gunshots in the the window or plexiglass, and um, what does he say? He says, oh, this hasn't happened yet. So it's uh, I know it's like a it's the prevention of World War Three. That's the Whatever is going on in this movie, preventing World War Three, but it's like time travel. So someone is going back in time or whatever to, I guess, hopefully prevent whatever this World War Three situation is going to be. Um, so we don't know if we're coming into a movie where it's already happened, or like we're dealing with someone's. This is this dimension, and then we're time traveling other dimensions to fix the things that won't. My fault. Fuck you, Alexa. Oh fuck. Anyway, you know to prevent. Um, the stuff that's happening. So we don't know because it doesn't give you everything, but it gives you enough to be like, hey, you know what? I want to see whatever the second trailer is or whatever this movie um, you know, comes out. There's been quite a few movies where they just give us so much of what's going to happen. It's really almost built on how nice the special effects look. You know, a lot of times. So this was kind of refreshing to see a movie that gave gave us something, but enough more more questions than answers sort of thing mm. um before we get to to jen um you know his father because you know that's denzel's son right um, yeah his father kind of did a movie similar kind of in premise called deja vu did you ever see that one it's pretty good mm-hmm. oh i don't remember it yeah it's pretty good um somewhat not completely but it had that time you can go back in time and fix things and all that and it was one of those movies I avoided at first because it just looked like it wasn't going to be a good one. And then I, someone forced me to watch it, and it was one of those few times where someone forced me to watch something that I actually enjoyed. So, But uh, <laughs> anyway, so who, who knows? What if it's like the sequel to that movie? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Uh, what about you, Jen? What do you think? Um. So first of all, this is extremely bright for a Christopher Nolan movie. Right. Uh, secondly, bright. yeah, bright as in like you know the lighting. There's actual lighting in it instead. Oh, it's not pitch black dark. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, that was snarky. Um, uh, I I know a little bit about this movie, and I, I also know that there are quite a few twists and turns, which I will talk about. But there, are, it's a very twisty turny kind of movie, and so the trailer itself does actually I think a lot of credit uh, to the story at large. But one thing that I would caution you about with this movie is it's not what it seems like on face value. Right. It's, it is quite a bit different than I think what we are led to expect. And so sometimes that works really well, you know, because people get all excited and there's things to see and, Ooh, this is going to be great. And then they get into the theater and there's like, Oh, something fabulous is happening. But sometimes it works to the detriment because people get all excited about something that then never happens. I don't think that's actually what will happen here. I think people will actually like the twists and turns, but it's not at what you think it is at face value for sure. Yeah, because for all we know, we watch the movie and we find out this dude is laid up in a hospital in a fucking coma and this shit was just... <laughs> you know, I really hope that this is not the <laughs> That would be really awful. If if that trope is ever used again, and especially by somebody like Christopher Nolan, um, I think we all have uh, carte blanche at that point to excommunicate him from Hollywood. Excommunicate him from Christopher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did he do the Terminator movies? Oh, he did the Batman movies. Oh, the Batman movies. Excuse me, Batman. Yeah. Let's take a look. 
Oh, well, hopefully we'll expect more. Like, I don't like I don't know what's going to happen because I see the guy. I said, but I could see very much that if they wanted a way out, this this turns out this dude was um, laid up in a hospital because that scene when whatever happened on the train track shit. <laughs> just, it's like, I can see I, that happening too, but I don't like to speculate too much on that. But I'm seeing like if I sat in the movie and that shit would have happened, I'd be like, oh, well, they did this thing again. I think you'll like the twists and turns, though. All right. Okay, so this next movie, Jen, you get the first dibs. And it's something that's coming out, actually, next week. Is it The Witcher? <laughs> no. <laughs> I want you to play a game with me, Ray. I don't want to play a game. Oh, please. No. I said play a game with me, Ray. Man. Right. Lovely. I want you to imagine... A character. Your boss, Mickey Pierce. You're too smart to be blackmailing us, Fletcher. <laughs> Sweet Mary Jane is my vice. Your poison, on the other hand, is and always has been the destroyer of worlds. You're out of touch, and I would like you to consider an offer. I am not for sale. The plot begins to thicken. Now, I can't be specific about the heroes and zeros, but our protagonist is a hungry animal. There is a lot of money hanging in the balance. Our antagonist explodes on the scene like a millennial firework and has indirectly started a war. I think you need to see this, boss. I still want a man of arms. How do they find it? I'm making inquiries. His name is Fahok. We're split with a PA, so he's going for Hawk. Please! Harry Fahok, Kanda Fahok. Please! And if you smell smoke, it's because there's a fire. So you're gonna have to stamp that out quickly. These people are gonna clean house, and you are part of that house. In the jungle, the only way a lion survives. Not by acting like a king. By being the king. Oh. Brilliant! I've been waiting so long to be where I'm going. Oh, it's really warming up now, isn't it? There's only one rule in this jungle. When the lion's hungry, he eats. associates had an accident so you killed someone no it was the gravity that killed him ah. do you need those phones no. all right so jen okay so a couple things um first of all uh i think that richie is crazy <laughs> i swear um it, it's hard not to sort of like look at this movie and go um oh you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of uh knives out meets the italian job meets uh, some other mobster movie or a, a mobster movie um I, I mean it's the cast looks amazing right but is it just me or do you kind of get like uh, a weird like maybe they're trying to throw the kitchen sink into this movie um yeah 
yeah. This is this is kind of like because Jack Guy Ritchie had a bunch of flops when he was trying to take over, you know, other properties, and this is more like a Guy Ritchie movie, you know. It it, it does feel like it, except he brought Charlie Hunnam back in. I don't know why. Well, you know, they're they're good buddies. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm I'm not saying I'm not. Yeah, that didn't come out right. I'm not saying that he's not. He's an awesome actor, and I absolutely love him. I am wondering though whether it's such a good match. Uh, did you hear Charlie Hunnam say that he wanted to Guy Ritchie to do King Arthur over again? Because he didn't feel like it was the right uh, that that what they had actually planned for the movie wasn't what they actually got. And I I can't help but feel like that's sort of the Guy Ritchie story of the past many years. The story that he plans isn't the story that we get. So I'm cautiously optimistic. It looks interesting. I would watch Matthew McConaughey and Charlie Hunnam in just about anything. But I I have to wonder whether the story is going to be all that great. Hmm. All right. What about you, Josh? Uh, Well, to me, it looks like uh, it's a return to form for Guy Ritchie, uh, giving us the lock, stock, and snatch style again and that's where he shines and i think we're going to get a really fun movie that's what i've been wanting from him for a very long time now because i don't think it's been since snatch where i was like yeah guy Ritchie is a great director right and i i on my short list of 2020 movies this is uh right there with tenant as far as anticipation and I think the the story is going to be, um, you know, it's going to be what it is, but it's going to be shot well, and uh, we're going to have a few twists and turns along the way. Hmm. What about you, Lauren? Um, seems like it will be decent. I'm not such a sort of movie head with different directors uh, or this kind of stuff. Like this is a movie. I always think about would I pay to go see this movie because I'm more on the science fiction, fantasy end of things or action, action. Like, this is a good movie that seems like a good movie I would probably enjoy in my house, in the comfort of my home. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is probably went out when it comes on DVD and I'm doing my, buy, buy a bunch of DVDs and then we're going to go in the house and we're going to sit and, and chill and watch. It's probably one of those. Um, but on the other end, I could see it as a movie also that probably I would go see and take my mother because she likes those types of movies like she really does enjoy it so this would be like hey mom i know you like this kind of movie let's go go see it she likes stuff like snatched and all that like um but she's more of a movie head like directors that are like you know she can go back to like 40s 30s 40s and be like this that and this type of movie like that's her thing like this is something that it looks like offhand that she would really enjoy it looks um looks pretty decent um that's supposed to be coming out what next week yeah next week Oh, okay. Well, all right. Who are they going up against next week? Second week of Bad Boys, pretty much. Okay. All right. So they might. I don't know if they'll beat up Bad Boys, but you know they'll they'll be in the top. Yeah, um, they'll be in the top five uh, movies probably. But it might actually be a good movie. I, I'll probably wait. I probably won't. See, I, it's not a movie I will see an opening night. I'll probably wait like a few days after and go see it. Um, you know myself, uh, but it doesn't look bad. It looks like, you know, it's, it, I will agree with it, Jen. It does look like a movie that I've, wow, this is really like this movie in the 
combination of that movie. It really has that feel to that for me. Yeah. I, I watched the trailer. I'm like, damn, this reminds me of this movie, that movie, that movie. <laughs> Which doesn't mean it can't be good on its own. I mean, it, it can have, you know, and uh, we know always that, you know, Guy Ritchie always has something kind of tucked up his sleeve. So there's some little twist and turn in there that's probably really, really good. Yeah, yeah I'm sure the audience is going to go, oh, <laughs> you know, when you said that about watching it on TV or, you know, hanging out and waiting to see it in the company. But it's more like different of movie price because uh, for me to go to movies is like 40 bucks but I, I but to get those, like is it worth my 40 bucks investment to go see this movie well, uh, versus wait for it to come out in a few months or, or wait to come out in like maybe four months and be available to watch for rent on, on Google or whatever for like two or three dollars mm. you know and stuff like that it's one that's how I at this point because movies are so expensive it's like unless I'm a very big fan of that particular franchise and stuff like that, is it worth my 40 bucks investment of buying a ticket, buying the things I like to have in the movie, my transportation, and then later on my, you know, my time. So it's a little, like if movies were, were shit ton cheaper, like if I went to a movie that had like a five or six call Tuesday, then I'd be like, all right, cool. I don't care. It's, it's only like investment wise, maybe like $12 altogether or $15 altogether for me. Well, a little bit more than that, yeah. But you know, twenty versus forty makes a difference. <laughs> That's why Lauren, you just get to find you a nice little sucker, dude, and be like, "Take me to the movies," and he'll be like, <laughs> "Yes, Lauren, I'll take you." And that's how you do it. And then you don't have to pay nothing. You're a girl. You don't have to pay for no movies. Girls don't have to pay for weed. Well, you, you know, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere there are a bunch of producers, and especially the producer for you know the trailers that we just saw and they're crying right now because the last thing that they want you to do is not see the movie in the theater well yeah that's the last thing you want to fellas out there in new york stop tripping take lauren to go see this movie <laughs> you bad press to sleep lauren will go out to you only if you will pay for shit like movies like, <laughs> you gotta pay for the movie uh you gotta see, pay please. for the food she wants and she wants the monster bucket y'all Get get the Regal app and get the unlimited movies, and then you can go to the movie whenever you want. To. I could, but then that would require. I live in the Bronx. That would require me traveling into Manhattan. Uh, there's a movie theater that's closer to me, which train wise, yeah, it's a little, it's it's a little, it's faster. Like I always say, there's two different types of experiences depending where you live in New York. Where strati- uh, stratified is like, you can go to Regal Theater down in like mid Manhattan or you know Midtown Manhattan, like around Times Square, 34th Street area. Um, or further down, and versus you go to the movies like in in the outer borough, outer boroughs, or in areas where it's like a heavily populated minority area, and you get two different movies experiences. A lot, some of the times, because the demographics find certain things funny, and like this is bullshit. <laughs> so it could to me, I depending on the movie, I like having both experiences because sometimes it's just a very different experience, and it's like that's the experience of the movies. This is because I was trying to make sure I got it for this shit. <laughs> all right, all right. All right, so here's our last movie, and uh, well, uh, we'll go Josh first. We were gonna go. Later. Okay. Kill right. it. 
Why would I betray you? We all have our secrets. We just didn't get to yours yet. The world is arming faster than we can respond. Where's 007? I need a favor, brother. You're the only one I trust for this. The world's moved on, Commander Bond. You were double O. Two years. So stay in your lane. You get in my way. I will put a bullet in your knee. The one that works. I thought you two would get along. Name? Bond. James Bond. So you're not dead. Hello, Q. I've missed you. It's the most valuable asset this country has. If you feel yourself losing control, I'm not going to lose. Control. James, you gave up everything for her. When her secret finds its way out, it'll be the death of you. What is it? You don't know what this is. James Bond. License to kill. History of violence. I could be speaking to my own reflection. Only your skills die with your body. Mine will survive long after I'm gone. History isn't kind to men who play God. You know, I said Josh was first. Wait, hold on a second. Okay. Okay, I love that director. Um, I'm not going to butcher his name. <laughs> but I love the director, the, the guy I can barely say his name, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he directed the first season of True Detective. Mm, oh, him. He did The Beast of No Nations with Idris Elba. Yep. Um, he did this movie called Sinombre. Um, which was in, I don't even watch movies in uh, subtitles. And, uh, oh, thank you, CRU. Um, and uh, he's a very good director. And it looks beautiful. I mean, it looks, you know, cinematic. You know, it looks like he's really kicking some tail. I'm talking about uh, the way it looks. But, you know, Spectre looked like it was pretty good too right and Sam Mendes who's a great director directed that so we never know we never know uh, what what's popping with that but um so okay Josh now that I mm-hmm. got that out the way what do you think right right uh, well it's another Bond movie isn't it yes yes my I, I don't 
think we're treading any new ground here when it comes to uh, what's going on with James Bond. It looks like, you know, 25% spy thriller, 75% spectacle. And that's the way I prefer my Bond movies. Um, I, I, like I said, I don't really know what's left to say about Bond other than when they come out, you know, you see them because that's just what you do. I don't know if it's as much anticipation or hype for the story as much as it almost seems like tradition at this point, you know, that you just go. And and don't get me wrong, you enjoy yourself, but it's not the same as like a tenant where you're wondering what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying they're... Uh, Bond movies are bad. It's just you know what you're getting. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what do you what do you want? Do you want it, a Harlem Globetrotters episode? Uh, <laughs> you know, like it's like what do you I mean, cuz when people say, well, you know, nothing new, it's like, well, what do you want? You want him to go to outer space? Oh, wait, he did that. Yeah. Uh, do you want him, to, you know. It's like, what do you what do you want from James Bond? You want him to uh He's like in this in this one is like I'm quitting to be a spy so I can play basketball, you know, like like you know, <laughs> or it's like he's he's now he's playing the trumpet or something, you know. So, yeah, now he's playing the guitar and <laughs> that would be kind of funny. Country the puzzles and all that other shit. That would actually Although, be low key funny though, like as a as a funnier die. Get on that. He's like I'm quitting. Mi what is it? Mi six or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I've decided to start a ska band. <laughs> oh, God. Although, oh, uh, you know, I, I saw a more advanced preview of this. Oh, really? Um, longer. There was more stuff in it. <laughs> and he's got a lot of good speaking lines this time. Right. So, I mean, you know, not <laughs> not to say that they're going to change up. Let's, let's face it. Ian Fleming writes formulaic. So every adaptation of an Ian Fleming novel or idea is going to be formulaic. And that's the strength. That's what, you know, Josh was saying. That's the strength. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You just have to walk into it knowing. And to be honest, this, what I just saw and what I saw in the longer one, it, it, it's sort of all about making bond relevant for whatever time period we're in. And, they do manage to do that each and every time it's maybe it's not the perfect situation, but at least bond continues to evolve based on where we are. You know, there is something to that, which I feel like is pretty important. Yeah. They call this the me too, the me too bond. The me too bond. Let's see what happens in there. Cause I'm a, I'm a fan of the different movies and the different, you know, the different versions of bond. Um, that go, you know, go back because my mother watched those things and that was her when she was younger. So she always like, we watched from the different versions of Bond. So like, I can compare like, hey, this is how he plays it versus this is how he plays it. This is how they kind of set it up here and stuff like that. Yeah, Cause there's stuff that happened in um, like the Sean Connery Bond that you could not fucking doing. I don't think get away with today in a movie without oh, fucking for protest. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> I you, only live, you only live twice. Yeah. Yeah, like, but let, I love. Let movies. me 
who would take that and like this is what it is now. Um, Let me. I don't, well, the the loudest piece of the audience um, out there would be you know would be very responsive for that. So I'm I'm excited to see what's going to happen um, with this one since this is they're calling it the Me Too Bond, whatever that's going to um, you know you know mean. Um, so I'm exci- I'm excited. I know it, it looks it looks good. Um, I have faith in the Bond um, franchise and what they decide to do with it and how they've been very good at like bringing him to whatever time period we are, whatever that may mean. And I don't care if it's formulated because formulas, good formulas work and they're ex- when they're executed right. Hey, babies love formula. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, babe. You know, love, um, yes, they do. And, and we're going to answer your question, CRU, in a minute. I read uh, I read a really awesome uh, article from uh, a guy who does cinema scholar stuff. I forgot his name. I'll Kente Ferguson. But no, <laughs> yeah, Kente Ferguson. Okay, sure. Um, and he likened uh, James Bond as sort of like a, a King Arthur story for present day. And you know the way that oh. he explained it was um, that he's the chosen one. Um, and the way that we keep retelling the Bond stories based on sort of whatever we have that is timely puts him into the realm of legend rather than just straight fictional protagonist. And I thought that was really interesting because that's the way that I kind of see Bond as well. He's moved from, well, not moved from, he probably always wasn't, but he's more of, you know, kind of a, look, the fictional legend of who Bond is is almost more important than who Bond really is. Right. Um, I, I, w- I would agree with that because it's like every generation has this Bond. And see, are you wanting to know who's the best Bond? I say, of course, Sean Connery, the first. The most underrated was Timothy Dalton. Yeah, Sean Connery, I think, is the best. Uh, what's his name? What would you say, Timothy Dalton? Uh, I, the I most think, underrated. I think he's the he's very underrated. I think I like him a lot. Uh, he actually set the tone. I think for for uh, yep. His name starts with Sir. Uh, he actually he actually set the tone for Daniel Craig. Uh, yeah, I will agree with that. Yeah, so, I will agree. But um, uh, there was something I wanted to say. Oh, before we say goodbye, because we're at the end. Um, the last movie, Spectre had a scene where look Daniel Craig is not a little guy right nope. but he's fighting Dave Bautista and if, have you ever seen Dave Bautista many times Dave Bautista is a mountain that's a big ass man and I and, like big men so. and I'm sitting there watching this fight like I know it's a movie but damn I can't I can't uh, I, can, I can't make myself go that you know like cause he's like <laughs> He like he punches him with all his force, and he like kind of just takes it. I'm like, if Dave Bautista punches you, you out. You're done. You're done. Like he, th- I think he could kill you with a punch. Probably. I think he the right place the, in the right place with that force. Look, if Dave, of- if Dave Bautista, I'm no punk. If Dave Bautista swung at me and narrowly missed, I'd probably have a heart attack and die. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that dude is huge, and he ain't no joke. He he's the, can wrestle. He's a bodybuilder, martial artist. What I'm saying is, you, 
when I'm watching that fight scene with Dave, with Daniel Craig and Dave Bautista, and I'm just sitting there like he every part I'm like he would die there, he would die there, he would die, like. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he and he ain't missing, like, cause he's like missing a bunch of. I'm sitting there like Dave Bautista. Okay, you're in a you're in a closed space. Your best if you're the quicker guy, your best chance is to be in a wide open space with a lot of room. He's in a closed space on a train, and I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. care, I don't care. Uh, he's not Superman, okay? Nah. So yeah, I'm, that's why I'm decide, I'm like, come on now. You know, so anyway, Roger Moore is the best Bond other than the current Bond. Okay, Roger Moore, the, he did flinch though when he shot. <laughs> he definitely did, but yeah, you know what? Can I can I tell a little secret? I'm gonna tell y'all a little secret. I actually, I actually kind of like Moonraker when I watch it nowadays. I actually have fun with it. Yeah, Moonraker actually is fun. It is actually fun. Yeah, I said it. I said it. So, uh. Jaws is one of the best over the top villains of all time. Yes, yes. Yeah. This damn shark that has memory and passes memories on and shit and traveling thousands of miles to kill people. That shark's the goddamn well, best. Well, not that Jaws. <laughs> not Bruce. No, not no, Bruce. I, but the I villain Jaws. Jaws but... Yeah. The, the Bond villain. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. Jaws was not a villain in Moonraker. Yeah, he was kind of he was the hero, wasn't he? Or he was a. Uh, they kind of changed it up. They changed yeah. him up. He uh, yeah he was supposed to be I guess. Then he found love or something. Bad guy and then he found love and yeah. got his happy ending. Right, but, but that's the point. He's that's what I'm making the joke it, for. It, he's it, not really to me. He's not a villain in there. It, it, it was so funny. Like, villains don't do that in movies. So at this point, the fucking shark is more of a villain than the damn than other the jaws in the movie we're talking about. The, the so guy. I never saw him as a villain. Yeah, and and yeah, that guy was that guy was great. Okay, so um, uh, Lauren, how can we get you social media and all that good stuff? Okay, all right. So you can, uh, if you dare and are brave enough, you can. Uh, Follow the box Black Nerd Swag on uh, Twitter and interact with the box. I'm not responsible for what the box says, but it could be fun. Um, you can also go to Facebook and follow Black Nerd Swag on Facebook, interact with one of the posts, and then in a little chat box come up and give me an email, you give us your number, and we got some fun shit coming. Um, if you're going to attempt to follow me on my personal Twitter, which I occasionally go on, um, you will find me interacting with the box on Twitter, um, but you'll see me at an LB twice on Twitter if you dare to follow uh, me and my shenanigans on that platform as well. Well, uh, that sounds very J.J. Abram-ish. The box. The mystery box and all of that. It's just... <laughs> the box is fun. Yeah, so... The, the box is fun. <laughs> All right, so since we're running late, uh, they'll, because they're about to do the next uh, couple hours, so uh, they will say what their their thing on the next show. But thank you so much, Lauren. If you're around later, please, uh, if you feel itchy uh, to hop in, uh, please do so. You know, we love you here at Indie Radio, and uh, we want you to uh, 
We want to see a lot of Lauren in 2020. All right. You shall, as it's five something in the morning here, so I can actually. And me. Well, now I'm too up to go to fucking sleep. Me and Jen. Me and Jen. <laughs> but it's too early me to and... really functionally do something. Oh, wait. If you're, uh, if you're up for it, maybe you can join them uh, on the next show. What are y'all talking about? Well, we're going to start off talking about the Oscars. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, you know, have fun with you know, it'll be fun. I don't watch the Oscars. I don't know what kind of foolishness happened. It hasn't on- happened yet. No, don't worry. It'll be good. All right. So uh, I'll, I'll, I got to close this out, but I got to give you guys a new link and then uh, we'll get started. So thank you, everybody, for being here. And, See you uh, later. Do you video game till your thumbs hurt? Binge till your eyes burn? Guess what? You're a speed freak. You need Files 500 meg internet by Frontier. It's just $39.99 a month plus taxes and fees with a one-year price guarantee on service fee and no annual commitment. Let us guide the speed freak in you. Visit Frontier.com speed for complete offer details. Frontier. Don't go it alone. Limited time offer speed not guaranteed. Depends on many factors. Install equipment fees, surcharges, taxes, and other fees are subject to change. Frontier terms and conditions apply. Subject to availability.